It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here's Donald. Carry it out. Deep ball. Separation. Caught. Robbie Anderson. Goodbye. Touchdown, Jets. The whole NFL is watching. A fourth and ten. And here they come. Make this pass. It's intercepted by Mosley. Bell breaks a tackle. Bell trying to go all the way. Le'Veon Bell. Touchdown. Big return for Crowder. And he's going to go all the way. Touchdown. 85 yards. Looking downfield. Fires this one. And intercepted at the 34. Jamal Adams goes down on the ground and takes it away. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. Welcome to Play Like a Jet. This is day number six of New York Jets training camp out of Florham Park. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I am joined, as always, by the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And, of course, above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris how was it out there today? Was it really, really hot, or were you guys able to get out of there before the sun really started to shine bright on the field at Florham Park? It, it was pretty hot, not quite as hot as the last couple of days, and uh, it was probably felt a lot better knowing that I don't have to stand out in the heat tomorrow. So that that probably helped. Maybe the, maybe it was closer to the last couple of days than I realized, just knowing that I wouldn't have to be out there tomorrow made me feel better. A day off for you and a day off well-earned by the New York Jets after going through another grueling practice today. And let's start with the Sam Darnold-Jamison Crowder connection. You and I have been talking about this since the signing happened. We felt like Crowder was perfect not only for Darnold but for the Gase offense. In minicamp, it looked like Darnold and Crowder were really starting to bond. It has carried over into training camp so far, and it continued today. Yeah, uh, (laughs) He ran around up up the middle of the field, and I, I don't even know how it happened, but all of a sudden you just see him just dart out, and there's nobody within 10 yards of him. Catches an easy uh, pass and just runs into the end zone. And he, he just burned uh, the, defense, the entire defense really quickly. Uh, it couldn't have been an easier pass for Darnold, but that's exactly what he can do, how uh, the ability he brings that to just be that quick and turn up field. It was a really good, impressive play. Of course, unfortunately, uh, I didn't see exactly what happened, but he uh, did. He hurt his foot at some point. I saw him limping off the field. It didn't seem like he was favoring it too much. It wasn't too big of a limp, but th- that doesn't mean anything either way. I've seen people uh, completely hobbled off the field and it turned into nothing, and I've seen people walk perfectly fine, and it turned out to be uh, a major injury. So, after practice, Gay said that you know that he's going to have an MRI and they'll evaluate him after that. Gay wasn't too concerned, but he also said that it, that's just how he approaches these these things. He's not going to worry about it until or unless he knows he has to worry about it. Um, obviously, it's not a good thing. You you the Jets need him, especially we've talked about the lack of depth at receiver. And even if they were really deep at receiver, Jamison Crowder is going to be a huge part of this offense, uh, assuming that he's healthy. Uh, so this is going to be a, a, a big problem if he has to miss an extended period of time. But there's, there, I, I have nothing to tell me that's the case right now other than he looked off the field. So 
you, you can sit there and go doom and gloom if you want, or you can just sit back and wait to see what happens. We'll try and get more information tomorrow, and hopefully it's not anything too serious. In the meantime, though, let's continue to envision what Sam Darnold can do with Jamison Crowder and with the rest of this offense, including Le'Veon Bell, who had his best practice so far today. So did Daryl Roberts, the embattled cornerback, and their paths crossed at some point during practice too, right, Chris? Yeah, Le'Veon broke off a couple different runs. Uh, big runs, big chunk runs today. And, you know, looking at him, I'm just like, yep, okay, that's the Le'Veon Bell I remember. That's, that's the guy. You can see him you know, with his patience, the way he just explodes through a hole, the quickness and shiftiness he has. And at one point, he definitely, him and Daryl Roberts met, and he just kind of uh, just bowled him right over. Um, and <laughs> that was, it was interesting. It, it was, Seems like tempers might flare real quick, but then uh, they quickly calmed each other down. Wasn't anything to worry about, but it, it's definitely good to see him out there just being Le'Veon Bell. That's exactly what you saw in Pittsburgh. That's what we saw today on the field, just obviously in much smaller doses. And uh, yesterday, Roberts had a really good day, and then today he had another really good day. He was breaking up passes. He's, uh, the way he was positioning his body – uh, he really did a great job on Robbie Anderson specifically today, uh, just using his body to just shield, to beat Robbie to the position, the spot on the field, and then just kind of box him out. He broke up a couple passes here and there, but uh, it was mostly just boxing him out. And then on, on one play, he had him boxed out. It would have led to an interception if Rontez Miles could have uh, come away with the, the, the pick, but... He didn't, so it fell incomplete, but it was a really impressive day from Roberts, who had one yesterday, so it's good to see him stacking them back-to-back. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress, and that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Le'Veon Bell showing what he can do, Jamison Crowder showing what he can do, but they're already proven commodities. We want to see something out of the guys that aren't proven yet, including one guy who had a pre-existing connection with Sam Darnold from their days at USC, Deontay Burnett. Last year, he showed some promise in the very little playing time that he was given, and this year, he's done very well at camp so far, including today, where he had another big practice. 
Yeah, he had a great practice yesterday. Today he didn't have uh, as many catches and make as many plays, but he had a spectacular one in the end zone. Uh, just went up and caught the ball, uh, high-pointed it, grabbed it out of the air, came down on his back, but landed in the end zone. He came up hobbling, too, at first. It wasn't sure. I thought maybe he might have got the wind knocked out of him. Uh, but he turned out he, he seemed fine afterwards. He went on to make a couple more plays, and obviously, again, with the lack of depth at receiver, especially if Crowder that is there's an injury there that to be concerned about, they're really going to need him to step up. I, he, right now, he's their fourth receiver, and I don't think you can uh, look on this roster and find a fifth receiver right now. Uh, whoever that fifth receiver would be will probably be coming from somewhere else. Uh, will be a training camp cut or, you know, I know uh, Cameron Meredith just got released. He's got some familiarity with Gase and Dow Loggins. So maybe they look into bringing him in. Um, but that fifth receiver, I, I can't imagine is on the roster right now. Uh, you know, maybe you could go with Greg Dortch as, as the returner and uh, an extra guy, but I can't imagine they feel uh, confident about him being the fifth receiver. So, but Burnett has had a really good day again. Just like Roberts, he's stacking them back to back. Obviously, he's got the pre-existing chemistry with Darnold, so that that'll help him. Uh, but he's he's been showing Gase more and more, and Gase is starting to see it for himself. Just definitely an encouraging sign. Regardless of who the wide receiver is, they're going to need some help from the offensive line to have the proper time to get open and obviously give Sam Darnold the time to get them the ball. One of the keys to that offensive line is going to be Kalecio Semele, and today he showed off why at times he's been an elite guard in the NFL, showing off both his power and his speed. Yeah, we always talk about his power. That's something that Really, you just take a look at the guy and you can see it. You don't even need to actually see him play football. You just look at him and go, yeah, that's going to be a strong man. So we always talk about that. But his just athleticism. And today he was following Ty Montgomery down the field and he was getting after it. You could see some of those wheels. You don't see that a lot with the offensive linemen in general. They're not generally running that far downfield. But you could see he's got a pretty impressive speed for somebody that big. Uh, and to go with that that power of his, uh, that's a, a huge thing for this offensive line. Obviously, you know this line has has its up and downs, has its problems and inconsistencies. But to have somebody like that with that power, somebody that's going to command that type of respect from defenses, that's always going to be a good thing for an offensive line, and obviously for the quarterback and running backs uh, behind them. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Before we get to the defense, let's talk a little bit of special teams. First of all, Chandler Canizero is back. He's the front runner for the kicking job simply because he's the one with the experience that they have right now in camp. But he's been struggling, and those struggles continued today. Yeah, he uh, he had a better day than he's had the last couple of days, but it hasn't been a good camp for him. Uh, it's just, I, I made the joke of, uh, earlier today. I was just like, well, at 
what how bad do you have to be to get cut uh, as a kicker in training camp like before the preseason because it's been bad it has not been good um early on today he wasn't uh he wasn't missing too much and then he missed a couple deep ones so and those are more excusable but it it's not encouraging that's for sure and i i wouldn't be surprised at all if, if they end up bringing somebody else in at some point in the season what about the kick return job? Who's getting the majority of the reps there? And does there appear to be a front runner for the kick return and punt return positions? Yeah, it can be tough with in training camp trying to figure out what if there's any meaning behind who's getting all the reps here and there. Uh, in the past, I've seen uh, all types of players out there fielding punts. I mean, the Brandon Marshall has gone out there and taken punts a couple times. They sometimes players just do it to break up the monotony of training camp, but the, the bulk of it has been Tim White, uh, Quadri Henderson, uh, JJ Jones, and then uh, the, the guy Greg Dortch. Right now, I think Dortch is is the favorite to hold those positions, and unless he goes out and he uh, you know looks really bad during preseason and he just blows it, I think those jobs are his. Let's talk a little bit about the defense now. Sounds like Greg Williams is really mixing it up today. Yeah, he's been doing this all camp, uh, bringing guys in and out. Sometimes, sometimes guys will come in just for a play or two, and then be out. And some, it's one day, you know, certain players will get looks with the first team, and then sometimes the next day it'll be somebody else. Today it was Blake Cashman again. He got a bunch of those on the first day of camp, uh, the first practice of camp. Uh, today again was his time, so th- they're doing that a lot after practice. Uh, Leonard Williams was talking about how Greg Williams is trying to get a feel for working in rotations, and you know, especially specifically with the defensive line, he was talking because of the depth that they do have there, how they can work in the rotations, and how they hope that that can keep them all fresh uh, later in games, but. He's doing a little bit of everything, and again, this is something that it's hard to really read too much in. Sometimes they just want to get the younger players more looks than they want to get a more of a look at the younger players. Uh, sometimes they just want to see what they can do. They want to try them at different things. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you to expect Blake Cashman to be a first-team starting at the beginning of the year. But he, this is the second day he's gotten a, a bunch of first team reps, and he's looked pretty good out there doing it. He certainly hasn't looked lost or out of his element at all. It's been surprising. It's not anything too over the top great, but it's he has not. There's not been a single moment I've seen him out there with the first team. Like, what is he doing out there on the field? It, there's none of that right now. So he's looked pretty good. Henry Anderson with a big day. Yeah, Henry Anderson, uh, a little bit disruptive today. Uh, we know this from last year. Uh, Henry Anderson would would come in spurts. He was he was solid all year. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like he would uh, play great in spurts and then disappear. But he seemed to rack up those sacks uh, in in bunches, and he did that today. He came away with two sacks today um, against uh, sacks in training camp. Uh, they're not actually hitting the quarterback, and sometimes the sacks don't get count uh, don't get counted, but. He he had a very impressive day today, and you know it, it's for him. It's about fitting into this defense 
they can say that he does what Greg Williams wants and what is he's asked of him. And just like the rest of the guys on that line, he's versatile and can be used in different ways. And Greg is playing around with all these different ways right now, trying to figure out ways to maximize all of them at the same time. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Jamal Adams continues to perform at a high level and really made it difficult for Christopher Herndon today. Yeah, the, I mean, Jamal is, you know, what else can I say about Jamal at this point? Jamal is all over the place. He's always making plays. And uh, he was, he's been sticking to Herndon pretty good. Um, he, you know, the plays here and there, it's not like he's matched up against him every play because they move Jamal around a lot as well. So, but he definitely did uh, uh, have a really good day, and it, it definitely you could tell Herndon does have a lot more success when Jamal isn't lined up or, or straight up against him. There was a Derek Jones sighting today at Florham Park. Yeah, Derek Jones had a really nice play. He had a couple of nice plays, actually a couple of breakups. He uh, picked off Trevor Simeon. It was a really nice play cover of Josh Bellamy and made a diving. He was like stuck right in Bellamy's hip, made a diving catch and twisted his body as he was going down to the ground to make sure he came away with the catch. It was a really impressive play. And like I said, he had another couple of nice breakups. So it, it was a good day for him. It, that's all with uh, second team stuff. But it, it was definitely impressive showing out of him today. And that's something that they is encouraging to see because we've seen little glimpses here and there sprinkled in throughout training camp especially last year uh saw some of it in the preseason so i know a lot of fans have high hopes from him uh for him but we'll have to see a little bit more and he'll definitely get plenty of chances in preseason games let's talk rookies we'll go one by one first quinn and williams yeah quinn uh, uh still mostly with the second team uh stuff uh again the depth on that line they're bringing him along slowly he he did make some plays though, no huge stacks or nothing crazy wow plays. But you can see glimpses of how disruptive he can be. You can see his speed and power. Uh, they were doing one on one pass rushing drills with the offensive lineman against either a linebacker or D line at, at, during practice, and he went up against uh, John Toff and just absolutely uh, bulldozed him. Just went right at him and just ran him over. Uh, that was uh, fun to see, that's for sure. Uh, but still a little bit here and there. It's, it's nothing too much, but I, I, it's coming. You're going to hear more and more of this. Everybody continues to rave about him. Leo was raving about him after practice. Uh, it just, you know, you tell him to do something, and he, he immediately goes to work trying to get better. Every single day he's trying something new. He's learning something new, and everybody just continues to rave about him not only him as a player, but as a person and his work ethic and everything about him. Ja'Kai Polite. Yeah, Ja'Kai got a couple, uh, a bunch more reps I saw today, third team. He got a couple second team reps too. Uh, and the one-on-one drills, 
he made a couple of nice plays. Uh, he went and he hit him with a quick inside jab and then just blew right around Eric Smith. Uh, he had a couple other nice moves there, too. He had an inside move later on in there. And Adam Gase talked after practice that he hasn't gotten quite as much, uh, quite as many reps as they would have liked in team drills. And a lot of that is because they're doing situational stuff and they're sending guys in in personnel groupings. So he's kind of getting left out, and that's just kind of the way that it happens sometimes under this new CBA where they have a limited amount of practice time they can have. And sometimes they have to make sacrifices, and if you don't fit into every personnel grouping, then you're gonna you're not going to get as many reps as others. So sometimes he, he hasn't gotten as much as they would like, but he did say, during preseason games, they can throw them out there and give him 40 to 50 reps, and that's where you'll see they'll turn him loose a little bit more and see what he can do. Chuma Doga. Chuma, Chuma got a, a bunch of second-team reps again, of course. That's that's where he's doing most of his work. He had a, a really nice uh, block in the one-on-one drills as well. He locked up uh, C.J. Mosley's little brother, uh, Jamie Mosley, it just absolutely swallowed him up. And Mosley was working. He was working and working, trying to get free. Uh, Chuma wasn't letting him go. The, the very next rep, Terrell Basham came, and it looked like the same exact thing. Basham was able to slip free finally, but it took him a little while. Thinking a quarterback probably would have gotten rid of the ball by the time he did. So that, that was really impressive. That was good to see. And then, obviously, you see him getting some more reps out there with the injury to quality, too. You could see him getting more and more and maybe even some first-team stuff in these next couple days. Trayvon Wesco. Yeah, a light day for Wesco. He made one really nice catch uh, down near the pylon. Didn't get quite in the end zone, but he had to go up for it. And then he went out the high point, came back and landed on his back. Um he had some really nice blocks out there as well. He's coming along. He's, he's looking really good. It is funny, though, because he does not look like a, like a tight end. He looks closer to a linebacker or a fullback out there. I keep looking at him, and I'm like, who is that guy? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Trayvon Wesco. A part of that's probably the number. The number 47 doesn't typically make me think tight end. So may, maybe that's part of it. But the body type doesn't quite look like uh, a typical tight end here. But he's... He hasn't had overwhelming practices where he's just looked great, but he's looked really solid uh, for the most part almost every day. Blake Cashman. Yeah, Cashman we talked about, like I said earlier, he's coming in. He's getting a lot of first-team reps, way more than I would have thought. If the day before camp you asked me if I thought Blake Cashman would have gotten these many first-team reps, I would have laughed at you. He's gotten a bunch, and like I said, he has not been overwhelmed at all. He's not out there just blowing everything up, making crazy plays, looking amazing, but he's looking really solid, really impressive, and I have not once seen him overwhelmed or looked lost or confused at all. He's doing a good job holding his own out there. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Let's go inside the locker room now, Chris, and start with the head coach. What did Adam Gase have to say? Yeah, with with Gase... A lot of what he said was stuff that he's been saying over and over again. Uh, he was talking about Leonard Williams and 
you know, the relationship that they've kind of started forming and how they like to bust on each other about how Leonard did so well against him in Miami. Uh, It seems like he talks about that every other day or every three days or so. He gave some uh, injury updates, of course. Ryan Griffin was in the practice today, just a throat throat issue. Um, So that's not, you know, anything to be concerned about. And again, he's had a really good day. Jeff Smith had a hamstring. Jeremy Clark had a hamstring. So there's there's some stuff there. But uh, with Brent Qualley's injury, he said it looks like it's going to be out for a while. It's not a season-ending injury, and he's not going to require surgery. But he is going to miss a a bunch of time. Uh, Again, with Crowder, the MRI, so we have to wait on that. What I will add on that is this will be one of those uh, no good, no news is probably good news things. It, typically, when these type of things happen, if it's season ending or it's major, you'll hear about it later that day. If we don't hear anything about it until you know tomorrow or even Wednesday's practice, then I think that it'll probably be pretty minor. Um, he, again, he talked about Greg uh, Williams' defense, about how versatile multiple it is, how it makes things hard on the offense. Um, and then he talked about Darnold, of course, uh, about how he's watching Darnold grow, how the communication is getting better for him. And then, like I said, with Polite, too, he talked about uh, the way that he can he, he can be used, how they haven't it's you know kind of unfair to him how he should be able to get way more reps but it's just really hard to fit them in especially when they're doing like situational red zone stuff um but again he will see a lot more playing time and get a lot more snaps during preseason and then the fans will be able to watch and get a look for them at themselves also heard from three players in the locker room after practice those players were Sam Darnold, Brian Winters, and Leonard Williams. What did those three have to say? Yeah, Leo, Leo again, he talked about Quinn and Williams. He sees something new from him every day. Uh, talked about the depth on the D-line, the rotations, and how huge that could be. Uh, he, last year, towards the end of the season, he talked about how he wanted to go into the, the offseason and work on some of his conditioning. Uh, because he could feel himself starting to get worn down at towards the end of games, and the, these rotations will help with that. And the other thing he said, the is the battles between him and Kalecio Assembly. Obviously, again, Greg's moving guys all around that defensive line, and Leo's always been somebody who moves around at the uh, at the defensive line. But he said he's been he takes the most out of when he's lined up against. Assembly. So everybody's uh, been talking about it. They're watching them a little closer, and they really push each other. They bring out the best in each other. They seem to uh, to want to beat the other guy a little bit more. He wants to beat Kalechi a little bit more than he wants to beat the other guys. They push each other to get the most out of each other. Um, Winters, you know, Winters talked about Leo too. Says that you know he keeps stacking coming back. Uh, every year he comes in with a different move and he's just like, oh man, I thought I had him figured out. I thought I had him pegged. He comes in with these different moves. Now I got to go back and figure it all out. Um, and then he, he talked about having to block for Le'Veon Bell. A lot of the other offensive linemen are telling us it doesn't really change how they go about things. It's, it's just, you know, but, uh, 
winters that oh no it's different with Bell. You got to be a little because of his patience. You got to stay on your blocks longer, and that might be part of just winters is more of a try to just knock you out a guy with that power and that violence and just trying to just bowl guys over right away. But he's making a concerted effort to to hold his blocks longer. <laughs> and that's because of Bell and because of the patience of Bell, but he's very excited to be able to block for him and to see him be able to come in and do the work that he does. Um, and then also with with Sam, he's he just said it's night and day. You can tell and see the difference in his confidence, uh, the way that he just takes control of the huddle on the field. Uh, and he thinks that Sam is going to be an amazing quarterback. Uh, his work, he's amazing. And, you could just see him the way he just feels more comfortable. And Sam talked about this as well afterwards. Sam, you know, Sam said he's more comfortable with his teammates. He's more comfortable with what his role is, how he's supposed to lead an offense, command the huddle. He's more comfortable talking with his coaches, asking questions. And he's even more comfortable with the media. You can see that uh, pretty clearly. It's, it's he's very comfortable with us. Not that he was ever uncomfortable. But there's a little bit, he's a little bit like, oh, man, I kind of want to get out of here. It's a lot different this year. He's just much calmer, and he's just much quicker with the joke. Um, he he was raving about Jamison Crowder again, just a, about what a great weapon he is, uh, how they can, how much he can help open up things for everybody else. And, uh, yeah, you know, that's about it. That's, uh, he talked about the signing the speeding ticket, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, and then just I, there was a, a Teddy Bridgewater shout out. Somebody asked him if he had talked to Daniel Jones at all and what his advice for Daniel Jones would be. It was just be yourself. And he said that he got that from Teddy Bridgewater. And he said, you know, I everybody always says that to me. My parents have been telling me that my whole life, but I didn't really listen until I heard it from Teddy Bridgewater. Because Teddy Bridgewater demands a little more respect than his parents do, apparently, which I can relate to. So uh, that that was uh, interesting and funny to hear. More proof that Teddy Bridgewater is the real kingmaker in the NFL, if you had any doubt at all. By the way, can you quickly just talk about that story with Donald signing the speeding ticket for those that don't know it? Yeah, there was a. Uh... You know, after practice, when when the fans are attending the the practice is open to the public, they go out and they sign autographs for the players. Um, a fan presented Sam Darnold with a parking ticket of his for Sam to sign. Sam said he wasn't sure if he should sign or not, and then he was like, "Sure, and the guy told him, "Let's go ahead." Especially nowadays, because you could just pay those online and you never have to do anything with the ticket. So it. That was a creative thing by that fan to go ahead and get him to do that. Um, somebody pointed out that the ticket was uh, about $95. Yeah, well, I didn't give him my credit card or anything, so I think we'll be all right. You never know what you're going to be asked to sign at practice. I guess he's got a point about the online payment, but I'd be hesitant to put my name anywhere near the signing line of the speeding ticket because this guy could send it in and say, Sam Darnold is going to pay my speeding ticket. That's how much of a nice guy he is. I don't know if they would believe it, but it'd probably be worth a shot if you're the guy looking to get out of the speeding ticket. Although if Darnold ends up being anywhere near as good as we think he can be, 
then his autograph on the speeding ticket is worth more than anything that he's going to have to pay for it. Quick odds and ends before we go, Chris. Little brother Mosley doing okay today, and a little bit of a rough patch for Davis Webb, although it sounds like it wasn't entirely his fault. Yeah, Mosley flashed a bunch. Like I said, he definitely got swallowed up by Adoga during the one-on-ones, but during the team drills, he he had a a nice uh, performance with uh, the third team grouping. Uh, it was good to see. Um, yeah, Davis Webb, uh, not terrible today, but he I haven't seen anything out of him that, uh, you know, really to talk about, to write home about, nothing great. Uh, but to be fair to him, the other guys haven't looked that great either besides Sam, obviously. If, if something happens to Sam, then this season's going to be in big trouble because uh, whether it's Trevor Simeon, whether it's Luke Falk or it's Davis Webb, and uh, they're not winning a lot of football games with those guys leading the huddle. No practice tomorrow, but of course, we will have a brand new podcast for you anyway. So stay tuned for that. And we will have another training camp report for you on Thursday as Chris returns to Florham Park. In the meantime, though, Chris, since I know you have the day off from Florham Park going out to cover the team, you're going to have plenty of time to write great articles over at your website, JetsInsider.com. So why don't you let everybody know what you're working on and what they can expect over the next couple of days. Yeah, I'll have a, a few more articles. Obviously, there won't be any observations out tomorrow. The three observations from today are up now. Uh, I haven't exactly decided on which ones I'm gonna, which stories I'm going to try to uh, run tomorrow yet. I got to sift through uh, all the audio. This the worst part about this job is transcribing, and then also when you have you sit there and you do interviews with uh, players and you, you have. Uh, file in your head, all right, this is good, this is good, and then you save them, and then you stack up like four days in a row, and now all of a sudden i got to go back in my head and sort it all out and see which ones I need to try to get done as quick as possible. Also going to be sorting through a bunch of the pictures that my photographer has taken, fill up the gallery, throw that up there, got some video stuff as well, going to try to piece something together there. So you'll be able to see some of that uh, tomorrow on, on jetsinsider.com of course follow me on twitter at cnimbly and at jetsinsider and then i'll have a, a bunch more uh i'm gonna i'll post an article or two tomorrow but i'm gonna start doing a bunch more to stack up and have uh, to go along with the three observation reports on uh, other days of practice as well Sounds like the very big deal needs somebody to help him transcribe his interviews and some of the audio clips. So maybe an intern, maybe a very big deal intern. I don't know. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I mean, you know, that'd be great. That's the worst part of the job. It's just so tedious. You just got to sit there and listen to it. And then you got to rewind it to because just pick up where you left off and it's just it's busy work it's tedious and boring and that's not what what i like i i need to be able to actually use my brain when i'm trying to do work and uh transcribing not that but you know it's a small price to pay for this job so uh i'll complain but it's it's nothing too worrisome Go ahead and visit Chris and read his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. Follow him at CNimbly and at JetsInsider. Read the work of his deputy editor, Alan Schechter, at Alan underscore S-C-H-E-C-H-T-E-R is where you can find him on Twitter. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.